Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Rejuvenation's Health Radio on blogtalkradio.com. The show is brought to you by LipoLite Naples and your hosts are Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron. We are your station for everything natural. We are your station for information about slimming, shaping, and toning. We not only want you to live longer, we want you to have more life in those years. So without further ado, let's get on with today's show. This is Dr. Ron Repesey of Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Spa, your place to chill at 239-658-COOL. If you've not heard of whole body cryotherapy and suffer with back pain, joint pain, arthritis, fibromyalgia, or you're an athlete that wants quick recovery from sports injuries, then come chill with us at Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Sauna. Cryospa treatments take only three minutes and are supervised by physicians. Sessions are one-on-one in a private environment. Each treatment can also burn five to 800 calories. As seen on Dr. Oz, Cool Cryospa is truly amazing technology. Let's hear what Dr. Kurt Biggs, a well-respected orthopedic surgeon in Naples, has to say about Cool Cryotherapy. Hi, I'm Dr. Biggs of the Joint Replacement Institute. Since I started applying the Cool Cryosauna, my patients are healing much quicker and athletes are seeing quick recovery. I recommend this procedure for my surgical patients and athletes. Call Dr. Repesey now to schedule your Cool Cryo trial session, 239-658-COOL, 239-658-2665, located at 1575 Pine Ridge Road in in the Noodles Italian Bistro Plaza. Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Spa. Come chill with us. Well, it looks like uh, I've been talking to myself for the last 15 minutes. Uh, this new microphone that I have, has, uh, it switched itself off. Wow, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty serious. Well, let me get back here then. No wonder Dr. Dan couldn't hear me. 
new microphone switched itself off. Let's see if he's here now. Dr. Dan? Good afternoon, Ron. You're finally hey, I'm back sorry. I, got, I had a brand new uh, microphone here uh, in the studio with new soundproofing equipment, and believe it or not, the microphone sat itself off uh, at the beginning of the show. There's a storm going on here. I don't know if you're having one there. Maybe that's part of the problem. Well, I think it's the, the new equipment. It just came in uh, late last night, and uh, it's been a problem. All right. Well, we're back, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to rehash uh, what I have been talking about because I think it's really important. Uh, I've I mentioned uh, Dr. Avila, a physician from Texas who has been in hot water with his state medical board numerous times. Five years ago, he even was required to take a competency exam after he left the patient with brain damage. Dr. Leon from Texas had his license to practice medicine restricted after a complaint was filed about him sexually harassing patients. Dr. Mohamed Diab from California is on a seven-year probation. Dr. Michael Reese from New Jersey had his license suspended. And why am I telling you this? Because all these doctors... And I can say thousands more have something in common. Despite their history of misconduct, they continue to receive hefty fees from pharmaceutical and medical device manufacturers as promotional speakers, as consultants, and as expert advisors. A new report is giving us an inside look at how thousands of delinquent doctors have been allowed to stay aboard the big pharmaceutical company Gravy Train without the, their colleagues knowing what's going on. The longstanding big pharmaceutical practice of paying doctors to help teach their colleagues had been one of the drug industry's biggest secrets. Then came the Open Payments Program, a federal database that gives us a look at exactly what drug companies and device makers pay to promote their goods and which, of course, which doctors they're paying. Well, here's the second biggest secret that the pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know about. A lot of these doctors who are giving the talks, giving the lectures, or maybe even telling your doctor about drugs and devices, they aren't even allowed to practice medicine. Of course, drug makers uh, will say that all their spokesman-type doctors are thoroughly vetted, but when ca- the consumer watchdog, and I do recommend ProPublica, ProPublica.org, they did an investigation. It found that well over 2,000 doctors who were on the industry payroll had a long history of bad behavior. And that was just for two years and a handful of states. Even so, from that group, ProPublica analyzed 40 doctors that had their license to practice medicine revoked or had voluntarily surrendered it, in most cases permanently. Another 180 were under license suspension and 250 have been put on probation. And these are the so-called experts in the industries uh, that provide crucial feedback on products and help teach doctors how devices and drugs to use. Oh, my gosh. The ProPublica investigation found industry payments giving going to doctors had been 
who have been disciplined from everything from sexual misconduct and writing inappropriate prescriptions for addictive drugs to cheating insurance programs and even cheating the IRS. Dr. Reese, R-E-I-S-S, for example, who received an $85,000 consulting fee from Johnson & Johnson, had pleaded guilty to hiding millions from the IRS in a Swiss bank account. Yet the industry money kept pouring in. Dr. Leone was paid 26 Gs from AstraZeneca for speaking fees and travel expenses, despite the fact he has been barred from seeing female patients without a chaperone for several years. Ladies and gentlemen, big pharmaceutical companies will do anything to get us sold on and using its drugs. And one of the best time-tested ways appears to be to use doctors to influence other doctors, even if they can no longer practice medicine. Or as Charlie Rosen, the co-founder of the Association of Medical Ethics, put it, quote, I think they pay the devil if no one knows, and he sells a lot. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let me uh, just get rid of this echo here for a second. I do apologize for having problems earlier in the show. Uh, this new Yeti microphone is great. I hope to do better podcasts with it. Uh, but uh, as I said, it switched itself off. So, I, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have to backtrack a little bit because uh, – I want you to uh, give you the information that I should that I did talk about uh, earlier in the show that did not get broadcast, and and basically it, it I started off the program today by saying I've never had a hernia. Well, you know I got to share something I guess, but if I ever get one, it'll be from bringing in the insurance papers from the mailbox. We're hitting that time of year, you know, when we start getting stacks and stacks of papers about our health coverage. Don't be tempted to toss them out this year, not until you look at them, because they, there are some details hidden in there that could screw you over. And this year, they've come up with a doozy. They're not even covering your medications. CVS, Caremark, Prescript Scripts, the nation's two biggest prescription drug insurers have just cooked up a plot to save them tons of money. And leave you in the lurch. In some cases, they could literally leave you gasping for air because they've yanked coverage for several common asthma inhalers. They've also pulled the plug on diabetes medications, cancer drugs, rheumatoid arthritis treatments, and more. All told, CVS has pulled 130 drugs. Caremark has yanked 85 of them. It's a game of chicken with them. The insurers are trying to drive a hard bargain to cut prices, and if the drug companies don't play along, they get they cut medication instead, right? And who's caught in the middle? If you want to keep taking these drugs and if you need them, you'll have to at full price. So you don't want to uh, find that out at the pharmacy window, do you, my ladies and gentlemen? They may have to pick you up off the floor if you see some of those prices. And, you know, we just uh, had this EpiPen uh, charade going on with Myelin Labs. So the, the time to figure this stuff out is now as you're getting all this stuff in the mail. Whether you have CVS or Caremark or another plan, make sure you read those papers carefully when they arrive in the coming weeks. Same goes for your other insurance paperwork. Get a magnifying glass. You need it, along with shifting drug coverage. Insurers also routinely jack up premiums. They jack up co-pays. They jack up the 
deductibles, and make changes to hospitalization coverage that could cost you thousands if you ever end up in the emergency room. So pay close attention to what's changed so you can shop around and prepare what's the time and the to do it. If a drug you take is off the list, you might want to have a conversation with your doctor to see if there's a different medication you could take instead. Or you could ask them if there's something you can take that's not a medication. Uh, ask about your a natural alternative. Because the medication, in many cases, ladies and gentlemen, you have magic word options. Okay, so you're not always going to hear it from your doctor because he maybe not, not doesn't know what's going on. Uh, but a naturopathic uh, medical doctor is a good place to go. The American College for the Advancement of Medicine is a good resource. The American College for the Advancement of Medicine. So that's the, actually what I opened the show with. I'm sorry I had to repeat it, but, you know, did not have a microphone. Jeez. All right, before we get on to about slides, about two, two, two interesting things. Uh, you know... A nasty germ in your head can lead to cancer in your tail. Aha, gotcha. The dentist is the one place we're supposed to keep our mouths open. But that's where I keep mine shut. I know we'll play Dr. Dan's life and walk because I know he was to a dentist recently. Not literally, of course. If I'm there for cleaning and checkup, after all, I'm not trying to be difficult. Healthy. I clam up because I've learned over the years that telling them that I use hydrogen peroxide is a big no-no. I got crazy looks, long lectures. One dentist even told me it was dangerous for my gums. Ladies and gentlemen, that's nonsense. It's not only perfectly safe using the 3% stuff. It's also the best way to kill nasty mouth germs, and the latest research backs me up. A common germ linked to tooth decay. Okay, here you go. You ready for this one? Fusobacterium nucleatum can do more than rot your mouth out. It has been found to hang on to colon growths and tumors like backstage groupies. Docs have have dismissed this as coincidence. Who knows? Maybe the germs just uh, want to be near a place where they can get out. Whatever. But there is no coincidences in your body. And the latest research shows that those little monsters are really up to when they're, uh, you know what. I have to be careful with this one. Once they get into your colon, they hatch onto any gross and tumors. And they latch onto them. They don't care about any other part of your colon. Only those gross and tumors where they practically form a shield that protects them from your immune system. So without your immune system harassing it, it can grow out of control in a hurry. And harmless little growths are suddenly dangerous tumors, and dangerous tumors are suddenly cancers. Yes, that nasty germ is like a fuel for colorectal cancer fire, and it gets there from your, right, your mouth. The study found that when you have bleeding gums, these gum, these germs can hop into your bloodstream and travel straight to your colon where they gather and quietly set the stage for worse things to happen. 
And that's not the only nasty germ that can mess you up if it gets inside. Math bacteria have been linked to heart attacks, strokes, dementia, and even death. You want to keep them out and no minty supermarket toothpaste will kill them all effectively. For that, you need to break out the big guns and 3% hydrogen peroxide and baking soda and rinse your mouth with hydrogen peroxide. No little bacteria can survive the whirlpool of hydrogen peroxide rinse, which finds them no matter where they're hiding in your mouth. The only real downside, some people find it is a little harsh. So feel free to mix it with some water or mix it with some fluoride-free mouthwash. Okay, so there's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, and it's all backed by research. And let's see if we get Dr. Dan back on here and uh, see what he has to say. All right, I think I... Dr. Dan, are you back? I am here, Ronald. All right, well, yes. I, I, I had to put you on hold there for a while because of the echo I was getting. Now that we're yeah, full-fledged here with a... You will love the my setup now, up. Dr. Dan. I have a professional microphone, a damper, a holder. Uh, we're going to we're going to try and uh, make a leap forward uh, in this podcasting business. So how did you make out at the dentist? How did I make out? On fantastic visit, tremendous dentist. My teeth are in good, great shape, thank God. Just a uh, little minor uh, uh, piece of my tooth came out in the front uh, that he, he has to uh, fill in. That's that's it. Give me a tremendous cleaning. I don't know if I'm allowed to advertise or not. Is, am I allowed to advertise the dentist or not? No, on, you on the radio? We're talking. We're talking about medical aspects of of dentistry and how the germs in your mouth uh, can cause everything from a heart attack to cancer. Do you realize that? Absolutely, I do, and I'm wondering if, if the fact that I let things go a little too long, in my case, and uh, Sarah, who did my cleaning, took a long time because I just hadn't found a dentist that I had liked for a while, and I'm wondering if it didn't have anything to do with some of these conditions that I'm uh, uh, fighting with right now. You understand what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. Okay, can I, can I mention the dentist at all? I don't think we have to, not yet. Okay. All right. Now I don't All know right. if that's proper on the uh, show, but you you tell yeah, me some, whatever. Sometimes we sometimes we do that, but uh, not today. Okay. All right. All right. So Dan, does yeah. size matter? You know, I <laughs> you know, I, I two years ago I I reported on the Journal of Neurology that showed that as men's waist got larger, approaching 40 inches and as women's waist got larger approaching 35 inches they were at a 33 percent increase incidence of getting dementia so waist circumference does matter size does matter in your waist where else does size matter ladies and gentlemen size matters in your brain all right, Dan, I'm going to silence you for a minute here. you got a feedback. Okay. All right. So 
more evidence is suggesting that, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, something we've talked on this show forever, eating a Mediterranean-style diet is linked not only to improve cognitive function, that means you're not only going to think better, but guess what? Increased size. It is linked to an increased cortical thickness. Then there you go. Size does matter when it comes to your brain and when it comes to dementia. There was a group at the Mayo Clinic. Uh, they were, were uh, assessed. There were 672 elderly pay, uh, participants. At the, uh, they were at the, as I said, the Mayo Clinic study of aging. And guess what? It showed that those with a higher Mediterranean diet adherence score had significantly larger cortical thickness measurements in the frontal the parietal and occipital lobes than those with the lower scores. So that just generally throughout your whole brain, those with a higher consumption of specifically fish or legumes also had larger cortical thickness, albeit in a slightly different area. On the other hand, those who consumed large amounts of carbohydrates and sugar, guess what? You just, you probably guessed it. They had a lower cortical thickness. So if you want a big brain, if size matters in your brain, and it should matter, uh, you need to uh, look into a Mediterranean diet, low carbohydrate, low sugar. And this study, ladies and gentlemen, as I try and tell you every, every, every week, I try and back my opinions up with research. This was published July 25th in a journal called Alzheimer's and Dementia. The author of the study said, our study shows that diet impacts the structural changes in the brain that underlie the dementia syndrome. That was Dr. Roberts, professor of epidemiology and neurology at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. He said the results can help people see that they have a role to play in reducing the risk of dementia by paying attention to their eating habits. Now, there was another publication which was an analysis of 18 studies. So that's called a meta-analysis. They, they, they took other studies one at a time, total of 18, and that showed that a high consumption of a med diet, Mediterranean diet for sure, was associated with improved attention, improved memory and language, as well as a slowing down of cognitive impairment. In other words, things improved and any thinking problems slowed up. You didn't, they didn't occur as fast. And this uh, was out of Melbourne, Australia, and reported on Medscape Medical News. And the, the author said that it was surprising was the significant effects of this diet, even when different measurement tools were used to assess uh, the cognitive domains, regardless of population, mix, country, or where the research was conducted. So they concluded the Mediterranean diet is an example of a healthy eating that can promote a healthy aging brain. So here we go. Size matters. You want a big brain. So the original study in the Mayo Clinic identified all residents who were aged 70 to 89 for that analysis. The researchers examined those who underwent 
underwent MRIs of all four lobes separately. Okay, so this was a study that they actually saw an image. They took, uh, I was, you know, it's an, an MRI is magnetic resonance imaging. They took an image of the brain, and they, these people were all considered normal. 52.5% were men. The mean age was 79.8 years. During the evaluation, the participants were asked questions from functional activity questionnaires, like, you know, how do you sit, stand, walk, what sports do you play, et cetera, to clinical dimension, dementia rating scale, and underwent a whole battery of memory and neuropsychometric testing. They also completed a food frequency questionnaire regarding their dietary patterns over just one year. Okay? So compared with a low score... A Mediterranean diet adherence score was associated with significantly greater cortical thickness in the frontal lobe, the parietal lobe, and the occipital lobe. The average cortical thickness was also significantly larger among those with a higher adherence score. So if you are on a Mediterranean diet, okay, you're going to have a larger brain. And the, the stricter you are with it, the larger your brain is going to be and you're le- less chances of cognitive impairment, in other words, dementia. Isn't that incredible, incredible research? Fish intake was associated with greater thickness in the, in, in the occipital and lingual area. Increased cortical thickness was also found in certain brain regions of participants with higher consumption of whole grains or cereals and of total vegetables with or without legumes. There was the negative association. So, so people, the, we talk, I just told you about all the positive thing that size does matter and you're going to have a thicker brain. Well, negative associations with uh, cortical thickness, guess what they were associated with? A high intake of carbohydrates and sugar. Okay, and of course, they they specified the areas of the brain. The lower inferior and superior temporal thickness were associated with a high intake of red meat. A high intake of red meat. That's daily. So, this study study assessed associations of several dietary measures with MRIs, where they had biomarkers of atrophy or neurodegeneration. Okay, so I think there's really a good study to take at heart. Uh, and uh, because you can do something about it and there's nothing bad about eating uh, a Mediterranean diet. And it's important to consider that with our aging population, not to speak about the, the, the health budget, it's not going to be sustainable when you get billions of people with dementia and with the implementation of diet changes that could produce cognitive, protective natures of uh, just by adhering to a diet. So other investigators found that of, the, of those 18 studies, 13 showed improved cognitive function and a slower rate of cognitive decline. Isn't that incredible? So that's just by adhering to a Mediterranean diet. Okay, and the research goes on and on and on. Uh, and, and this was funded by the National Institute of Health, uh, not by any particular drug company. So I thought that'd be good information for you. And uh, let's get back to the studio here and uh, see if Dr. Dan has anything to say about that. 
Let me put his microphone back on. Uh, Dr. Dan, so, you know, I think you probably followed a Mediterranean diet for a large part of your life. Did you hear what I uh, – that, that's yes, from the Yes, I Mayo did Clinic. hear everything, Dr. Ron, and uh, um, I'm absolutely uh, in agreement with you, and I do the best I can to stick to a Mediterranean diet. And it does seem to make a difference. Well, uh, the, re- the research has proven that over 500 years of uh, that the Mediterranean people have had this diet. They really are doing good. Right, all on the Mediterranean coast, along with the fact that I gave up statins uh, a while ago after we got into that. And I think that's no. also made made a difference in my uh, cognitive behavior. And it made personally. a difference in a lot of people because we know that statins cause dementia. It it's incredible that people still take those drugs when they take all the good fat out of your brain. It just it just blows my mind, uh, Dr. Mm. Dan. So you know what? On this vein, the size matters. We know that you want to have a smaller waist and you want to have a bigger brain. How about, uh, Dr. Dan, I'm going to just silence your mic here for a second. Okay. Uh, how about olive oil, ladies and gentlemen? I just can't believe how the health benefits about olive oil just keep coming in. You know, we know it can lower your risk of heart disease, stroke, dementia, and even people are, uh, research is showing that it can uh, lower your risk of breast cancer. A recent study found that, hear this, ladies and gentlemen, this is not hard to do, four tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil a day could send your chances of developing type 2 diabetes plummeting. And that was the good news. But the bad news is that bottle of extra virgin olive oil in your kitchen could very well be a fake. It could be diluted, made from low-quality oil. It could be rancid. It might not even be from olives. So before that next pasta dinner or trip to the supermarket, here are four tips to help you make sure the olive oil you're buying is the real deal. Okay, bad olive oil. Bad olive oil, ladies and gentlemen, it's not a it's isn't just a deception. It's almost a crime against public health. Uh, and that 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 is what the uh, Italian Trade Association had said about it. And he's right because for something so amazingly healthy as olive oil to be tainted isn't just breaking the law, it's a sin. Olive oil fraud isn't anything new. It's been going on since ancient times. Only now, imports are bringing in so much money that one European Union investigator said the profits in adulterated olive oil were comparable to cocaine trafficking. Hear that? Let me read that one more time. This is a quote. Only now... Imports are bringing in so much money that one European investigator said that the profits in adulterated olive oil were comparable to cocaine trafficking with none of the risks. In the U.S. alone, we spend $720 million a year buying olive oil. And what are we getting in return? The answer is not what you think. Six years ago, the University of California Davis Olive Center... Yes, you heard me. In California, they take their olives seriously. Found that almost 70% of imported olive oil called extra virgin. Uh Uh-uh. Wasn't. 
And that's important because extra virgin is said to be a cocktail for 200-plus highly beneficial ingredients. Low-grade oil, on the other hand, is just the opposite. It's made from inferior olives. It contains free radicals and numerous impurities that aren't just unhealthy but can actually be bad for you. But the worst findings of all from California, this California study, was this, the discovery of bottles labeled as being from olives. Guess what? They were actually diluted with soy and canola oil. So here's four tips that I rounded up that might help you uh, get the best that this fruit has to offer. Yeah, you heard me. Olives are stone fruits, the same as cherries. Okay, so at, at my house, we think of it as fruit juice. Num- tip number one, good olive oil can range from green to gold. And make sure to buy your olive oil in dark, shaded glass, not plastic. Okay, got that? Tip number two. Don't buy light or extra light varieties. Good, healthy olive oil should have a vibrant and lively taste, sometimes bitter, but never, ever rancid. Tip number three. Don't think you have to buy an oil imported from Italy. One expert said that Chile and Australia received the highest grades for extra virgin quality in a U.S. Trade Commission report. And just, you know, and we, I'll add California, that state has its own council and quote unquote certified label on certain brands that will guarantee you real extra virgin olive oil. And tip number four, check the date. Avoid olive oil that doesn't list a harvest date. Okay, you got that? Look in the bottle, make sure the olive oil label has a harvest date. And buy the one that was bottled most recently. The usual best buy date is two years from bottling. But you still want to look for the fresh harvest. And once you get home, be sure to keep that bottle in a dark location. Olive oil degrades very quickly in light. Especially once it's been opened. So I just thought, you know, we talked about Mediterranean diet, the size of your brain and Part of Mediterranean diet is olive oil. And, uh, you know, I think we have someone on the line here that I didn't notice before. Is that you, Dr. Jerry? That's me. Sorry about that. Dr. Jerry, you know, as you know, I was tied up all day. I got to the studio two minutes before program time. and uh, Well, I was ready. I was in my car in the parking lot ready to leave for home, and I saw your text, so I rushed back into the office. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, so anyway, we just, just having a little fun and, uh, we just talked about cortical size because the, the, the title, part of the title of today's show, uh, was does size matter. And, uh, we know about waist size and, uh, now I, I brought in the, uh, analogy of brain size because brain size is, uh, affected by diet. And I know you have something really great to say about this because you always do. Well, you know, what's interesting, there's other factors that will shrink the brain. Uh, you know, high blood pressure, you may have mentioned it when I wasn't, you know, listening possibly. Uh, overweight, uh, smoking, uh, you know, these are other contributory factors. But, you know, what's, in- and what's interesting is the EMFs 
also cause dehydration of the body, and that can, I think, believe to shrink the brain. Uh, and, you know, with the cell phones that everyone's using, and also tremendous lack of sleep will shrink the brain. I mean, there's studies that show that. But even more importantly than that, we spoke about fluoride previously, and fluoride causes calcification of soft tissue where it doesn't belong. And one of the areas that you get calcification is the hippocampus part of the brain, which is your behavioral center of the brain. So people with fluoridated toothpaste, fluoridated water, you know, um, fluoride in bottled water, it's, it's ludicrous. And it'll yeah. slow your brain down. So you agree, size matters, and we have to do everything we can to to keep the size of our brain uh, in good condition. Absolutely. Well, but I, I really, be- yeah, I really believe that the thyroid is a key component in brain size too, because you know it has to do with metabolism of every cell of the body, and if the brain is not uh, functioning properly, it's going to shrink because you're not going to have enough fluids in there. But iodine, I believe, is also a major factor with brain function. In fact, they show when people, are, children are deficient, and they start taking the like the magnesium and iodine, their intellect improves dramatically. And absolutely, absolutely, and, and we've, we've we've done that, and there are studies that prove that, and we've talked about it. Uh, and again, ladies and gentlemen, you know, size matters. You want to keep your brain big. Uh, fluoride is definitely a problem uh, as is uh, all the halogens and you want to make sure you have a actively and normally functioning thyroid and you need iodine to do that and I'm going to have Dr. Jerry one more time tell you how to take your temperature and what you should look for we're going to keep repeating this till you learn it yeah it's real simple the normal range that Broda Barnes established over 20 years of research this is not somebody you know that was in back a salesman in the health food store trying to hustle something. This guy did 20 years of research with the thyroid. The normal functional range is 98.2 to 97.8. That's 98.2 to 97.8. And, uh, in fact, I got a text from my lady friend this morning. She's so excited. Her her th- uh, armpit temperature, you know, went up to 97.4, and I said, you're almost normal now. Um <laughs> <laughs> the bottom you, you, line. You, what, what do you mean by normal? All right. Well, <laughs> within within a, a range of uh, functionality, <laughs> not going crazy. <laughs> but all kidding aside, um, you have a choice. You could take, you know, a digital thermometer under the armpit. You know, wait three four minutes until you hear the beep, or you can use a, an infrared thermometer and take it off your forehead, which takes like two seconds because it takes. Uh, a thousand readings a second and averages them out and subtract one degree from your forehead temperature. It's very quick. And that gives you the equivalent of armpit temperature. So it's not like you need, you know, a 500-hour test. You could do it at home every morning. And especially women, you know, after menopause, if you do it for 10 days straight, you'll get a very simple average if you're getting your menstrual cycle, you start on the third day of your menstrual cycle, and you should go for the full month. But I believe that hypothyroidism is a big factor in not only brain shrinkage, but Alzheimer's, dementia, because you don't have the metabolism of your brain cells. It's all over. 
And that, that reminds me, Jerry, at some point we have to do a, a program where we talk about the mitochondria, which are the actual uh, engines that keep everything going. And, and if you have a, a poorly functioning thyroid, which probably more there's, there's more millions of people with this than uh, the, the medical doctors are diagnosing, uh, you, 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 nothing's going to respond well. Uh, well, you know, though, you brought up an interesting point about the mitochondria. Increased mitochondrial uh, growth uh, in the cells is a result of a normal functioning thyroid. When you have fluoride, the fluoride affects the electron transfer in the mitochondria, so it diminishes the ATP or the compound that produces energy in the mitochondria in the cells. So fluoride is an electron destroyer. It destroys the ability of the cell to make energy. There you go. Uh, we've been talking about it, ladies and gentlemen, and you know uh, we don't get enough iodine, and we don't get enough uh, DHA. Most nutrients. <laughs> How about DHA? You know, we talk about the neuroprotective effect of the Mediterranean diet. Does anybody know what docosahexanoic acid is? We, I, I just use DHA because I can't pronounce it that good anymore. But, you know... There was a study just reported in JAMA Neurology. Again, this isn't Prevention Magazine. This is JAMA Neurology. Guess what they found? DHA levels were associated uh, if they were high with less cerebral amyloid doses, better memory scores, and less regional brain atrophy. Isn't that incredible, huh? This was done at the uh, Department of Medicine, University of Southern California, Los Angeles. And this association was predominantly driven by persons in the lowest quarter that had the lowest DHA levels and had limited intake of seafood. So this study, in my opinion, added to the existing evidence of the benefits of seafood consumption in Alzheimer's, okay, and to reduce your Alzheimer's disease risk. So as our brains are aging, we know if we have, adhere to a good Mediterranean diet, we, they won't age as fast. Uh, the, there was an editorial associated with this uh, study. Uh, of course, the, the uh, pharmaceutical company said, uh, you know, be careful, it's nonspecific, et cetera, but a good fish oil supplement, the potential of this DHA supplementation as an anti-amyloid strategy for the prevention of uh, Alzheimer's disease remains, a, a, to me, a no-brainer. You know, eat some good fresh fish, fish that's not farm-raised, and uh, take a good fish oil supplement. And here, this, this research was uh, funded by the National Institute of Health, but... There was some comments by big pharmaceutical physicians. Uh, it's going to tell you, well, you, you just wait until a bigger study go, comes by. Well, I'm telling you, a good Mediterranean diet, a good fish oil supplement, uh, make sure your thyroid is, is, is uh, normal in function. That is, you have enough energy, the gas pedal of your body. You're on your way to uh, maybe preventing, we don't know, but maybe preventing uh, Dementia, which is uh, scary for all of us. And like Dr. Jerry said, 
Watch your fluoride. Don't use fluoride toothpaste. Don't get fluoride uh, dentists uh, to put this coating. In fact, I was going to ask you about that, Dr. Jerry. Uh, a lot of, lot of uh, physicians here in Southwest Florida are pushing this fluoride coating, which in my uh, research it showed it doesn't last long anyway. But what, 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 what's yeah, your I would stay away with anything with the fluoride. It just, it's toxic. It'll cause cancer faster than just about any other compound out there in the marketplace. Um, like I said, it'll cause calcification in soft tissues, so, you know, your stiffness and your fascia of the body, it just, it, it's lunacy. Um, right. The other interesting thing, you know, with the DHA, I, I believe they used it with children in England, school children, and they found that those children on the DHA, the fish oils, you know, did much better in their grades than those that didn't have the fish oil. Plus, I believe it, it helps to repair the brain uh, cells. Yeah. So it has, you know, multitude of, of functions. Yeah, and, and this research that I reported on at the Mayo Clinic earlier in the show, they actually had MRIs to show how cortical thickness increased, you know, uh, de- depending on how, much, how, how good a fat you ate. So uh, this is all important, and this it doesn't cost you a lot of money. It doesn't cost you a lot of money. It just means you have to eat right, get rid of carbohydrates and sugar. And if you're going to have fat, which I do recommend you do eat fat, Good quality fat, good grass-fed meat, non-farm-raised fish. You have to stay away from fish that are raised in a farm because uh, they are toxic, not only in in the meat, but they have uh, very high levels of mercury. And Dr. Jerry and I, uh, this is Mercury uh, Awareness uh, Week, uh, but I wasn't prepared to talk about mercury, but we, we should just let you know that you know, this is uh, in Mercury Awareness Week that uh, there's some fish that just has tons of mercury in it, and it kills your brain. And the highest fish are mackerel, swordfish, shark, gulf tilefish, tuna sushi. How much of a, how many times do we eat that? The bluefin tuna, very high. Okay, albacore tuna is high. Spanish mackerel is high, grouper, marlin, and orange roughy. The rest are, are moderate to low, but these are all things that, that uh, you, you can watch out for and uh, improve your health. Okay, so let's see what we got so another on the board. interesting uh, point there with the brain. Um, there's an herb called lion's mane, M-A-N-E, uh-huh. that helps to repair uh the uh, nervous system. So again, there's the answers are out there. It's just a matter of getting high quality herbs into your diet uh, so that the body can repair properly. Absolutely. And since you mentioned Maine, uh, I want to thank my host uh, the past uh, week for uh, putting up with my wife and I up in Maine. We had a great time. Had some great food. Uh, the fish, everything was fantastic. The company, the golf. So I want to make sure I uh, do thank uh, our host up in uh, Bar Harbor, Maine. Of course, I got lost, Jerry, but that's that's normal for me anyway. I usually get lost. I have a bad sense of direction. But didn't you tell me one time you have a sign in your windshield, I'm lost, but I'm on time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have to watch what I tell you. Right. <laughs> well... 
All right. Well, you know, we 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 I used up most of this hour, but I just want to leave you with a couple things here. Most internal medicine residents and attending physicians hear this now. Original research, Medscape.com, August 29, 2016. Overestimate the benefits of common interventions. Does that surprise you, Jerry? Nope. No, me neither. And they underestimate and uh, how common uh, natural treatments can influence their patients. Uh, so it just goes to prove what Dr. Jerry and I have been talking to you about. Uh, in that there are options, just like there's options for your medications, there's options for your care, and some of it is not expensive. All right. So our young physicians are. Uh, taught a lot by the big pharmaceutical companies with 73% of board members of the medical schools being from that uh, industry. And they are taught like a recipe book. You know, if you have disease A, you give drug A. If you have disease B, you give drug B. But it does not always, your, your condition does not always require a drug. Just remember that. Okay. That wasn't that wasn't too exciting, but it was. Uh... Well, you know, it's also interesting. You mentioned about the Mediterranean diet and the sugars, but what the many people don't realize that the sugar metabolizes the alcohol in the body. So whether you're at an AA meeting, dumping three teaspoons of sugar in your coffee, or eating donuts, uh, you know, it when it turns to alcohol, it actually dehydrates the cells. So whether it be in your pancreas, or your brain, or heart. It's going to adversely affect the cell function. Well, the dangers of sugar, as uh, brought out by my mentor, Dr. William Douglas, just it rots you from the inside out, ladies and gentlemen. It rots you from the inside out. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sorry I wasn't more prepared for today, but I, conditions were not in my control. I want to talk to you uh, next week about histamine intolerance. I want to talk to you about allergies. I want to talk to you about mercury. Uh, and we'll, we'll have some, you know, I did, did tell you about my regimen for uh, uh, my mouth, but maybe we can go into more something uh, more professional with Dr. Jerry Smith, who uh, does this day in and day out. Um, let me see if Dr. Dan's here, Jerry, see if he's uh, still on the phone here. There we go. Dr. Dan, you still there? Yeah, I'm still awake, Ron. I'm still All here. right, I'm no. glad. Glad you're hanging in there, old man. I'm still yeah, oh yeah, you know how it is. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm still I'm still hanging in. And and you know what what I was thinking, if you're gonna ask me what I had to say, I was uh, I was thinking, in spite of medical school and doctors and so forth, most patients still get better on their own, it seems, if you do the right thing. Just well, be if you very remember. careful. If you remember, Dr. Hobart Ryman used to tell us a tincture of time. Tincture of time. A matter of time. Yep, do no harm. Right. Hey, you know what, Jerry, there's there's something else. Maybe you've come in contact with. I want to just just throw it out there today. With psoriasis have higher rates of subclinical atherosclerosis. Did you know that? No. Yeah. I mean, uh, every time you see a patient with psoriasis now, you have to have a... Little little 
you know, something check off in your mind that uh, they may have more atherosclerosis or maybe something hidden or silent. And they base this on a on the calcium artery, I mean coronary artery calcium score. You know, they do that with a CT scan. And that well, was reported. This is in JAMA. This is not yeah. this is not Prevention Magazine or USA Today. This is a good study. Well, you know, anything with the skin is a reflection of the detox mechanism. You know, we see like rosacea, for example, uh, patients, you know, had one fellow that was, you know, spending $1,000 a month on medications for the rosacea. And once I cleaned up his liver, um, his rosacea disappeared. So it's all a reflection. You know, medicine, there's a disconnect between the symptom and underlying cause. All they say is the symptom and the drug, like you said earlier. And when you, you know, hit the nail on the head with the psoriasis or whatever, you clean up the circulatory system. Not only do blood vessels clean up, but the skin cleans up, your your brain cleans up. It's, it's the whole enchilada. It's not just one thing. We are, and next week, I'm going to report on a case, uh, actually a brain hemorrhage, that was treated with field control therapy, homeopathic stuff. I mean, that most people... Uh, don't respect because it's been so uh, negatively reported in the in the in the news. Uh, but this is a this is a person that uh, was in a hospital. Uh, they wanted to put shunts in his head. He had colloid cysts, uh, but a physician uh, treated him with uh, uh, field control therapy. They put these memoms in his uh, intensive care unit. They strapped him to his leg. All to keep down the, the influence of electromagnetic fields, and this kid got better when they all they all wrote him off. Well, you know, so talking about homeopathics, what's interesting, my big rebuttal is the royal family in in London has a homeopathic physician. So how how focus can it be? Yeah, I got, and I guess the queen looks pretty good for her age, doesn't she? You're darn right. <laughs> So that's right. I mean, it does have a place, and I think that's 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 what we're trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Everything has a place. There's no one answer, and you always have to go for the for the cause of the problem. It could be your liver, it could be mercury, it could be parasites. Uh, but there's ways of determining that, and once you get detoxified, you just won't believe how good you can feel. All right, I'm going to start with you, Doctor Dan. Any last thoughts for our audience before we sign off? Yeah, well, we were speaking about clean water last last week, correct? Remember yes. we discussed, and we talked about the, it came through the Egyptians and then through the uh, Greeks and then the Italians, the English, and then finally Cape Coral, Florida. And you asked me where the uh, book can be uh, uh, found. I did. The, uh, the, right, the story of water treatment and the Cape Coral experience by Sean P. Kopko, and uh, it's available on Amazon. And on Infinity Publishing, if anybody's interested, and it'll give you a tremendous history on water, how to clean up your water, and how to be more healthy in general, just by and just by drinking pure water rather than tap water and even the bottled water. All right, so, uh, spell his last name, Dan. Spell his last name. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's it's got written by he has his initials S P, which is Sean P Copco K O. P K O. Excellent. And I spoke to him during the week, you know. 
Well, we'll, we'll yeah. have him on and talk to him about water because that's really critical. That's where people get a lot of fluoride, a lot of chlorine, and a lot of drugs. I mean, a lot of drugs are in our water supply. And uh, he's ready to come on. He told me. So. Okay. Well, we'll 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 make that a planned uh, appearance. Uh, okay. Before I turn it over to Dr. Jerry, I just want to let everybody know that a simple treatment that has been proposed by Dr. Linus Pauling and his uh, surrogate since he passed away, intravenous vitamin C. They now have in Ponce, Puerto Rico, reported cures of the Zika virus using intravenous vitamin C. Okay? Now, I don't think it's going to go too far because there's not a lot of money to be made with intravenous vitamin C, but I just want to put that out there for you. Yeah, they were also getting rid of AIDS with intravenous vitamin C. So, yeah, yeah. you know, and you see vitamin that C way. is absolutely, you know, that, you know, it's $15,000 every AIDS patient with drugs for a year compared to the vitamin C, which is a pittance. Jerry, just to, I, want, I want you to make some closing remarks, but when I was in practice, if I had a person come in with a flu, a 25cc syringe full of vitamin C, they go out the, the door doing the Macarena. I mean, it was incredible. Just, just wait, it, it just kills everything. Yep. And so it's good oregano oil. <laughs> yeah, but I can't give that intravenously. I, I, that would make me hungry. Well, you just give them a pizza with a lot of oregano on it. <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking. All right, that reminds me of Rosalie's pizza. <laughs> All right, Jerry, give, give a pearl for our audience before we leave. Just uh, but, as I said in the past, never trust a doctor who has dying plants in the reception room. That's all. All right. That's a good one. You know, I, I think that's uh, going to be a, a, a part of our program is a, a closing thought uh, and something that our listeners can act on uh, and have information that, they can so they can make intelligent decisions. I want to thank everybody. I want to thank all our listeners who put up with the beginning of this program when this new Yeti microphone. You should see this thing. It's like it's like a Tesla car. It's actually beautiful, but it cut out on me early in the game here. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Uh, with an attitude of gratitude, I want to sign off today. We'll be back next week at four o'clock promptly with Dr. Dan, Dr. Jerry, and a surprise guest. And we'll talk about mercury. We'll talk about fluoride. We'll talk about your thyroid. And I will report on this uh, field control therapy patient that was uh, treated uh, with homeopathy and give you some uh, specifics uh, and the physician who treated him. Okay. Have a great week, everybody. It's a pleasure. It's uh, God bless. And we will see everybody next week. Take care. Dr. Ron Dr. Ron, I've left the debate. Thank you for listening to Rejuvenation Health Radio here on LockedRadio.com.